Hi, welcome. This is Carla with your Ages, Not Your Cage. And I have two of my dearest, closest friends with me today. I have Carrie Ferris and April Larson. Welcome. Hi, Hi girl. So now, good to be here. Yeah, this is not going to be our normal average recording because Carrie and April and I are all good friends and we like to just share and talk and uh, kind of what we were talking about is quote unquote girl talk. And we just want to share honestly, openly, candidly, vulnerably, um, just things that we feel like women want to talk about and want to hear. And this may be one of a few, it might be a series, it might be a chapter, who knows? We're just going to see uh, where this leads and, um, but first, why don't both of you tell the listeners a little bit about you, um, April, if you want to share first. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, April Larson, live in Boise, Idaho. Um, I am a mom and a wife. I also have my own skincare business. Um, and I'm kind of entering into that stage in my life where um, I was a full-time stay-at-home mom for the entirety of my the last 20 something years of my kids lives and you know I'm <clears throat> navigating these waters this territory of of trying to figure out what's next you know in this next chapter of my life so that's me Carrie hi I'm Carrie and I'm a wife and a mom of five kids and I work I have a podcast I'm a voiceover artist and I live in this in Texas, right next to Carla. I get to see her a lot more than I get to see April, but it's unfair. Yeah, <laughs> it is unfair. It <laughs> is. So April used to live here, and she moved away what eight years ago. Can you guys believe that? No, it we're been in that long. Yeah, because oh it was the summer of 2016 that we moved. Yeah, that's so, crazy. I only know that because you yesterday when we talked on the phone, you said it, it doesn't feel like. It doesn't feel like that to me mm -mm. at all. No, no. I, yeah. But yeah, Carrie does. She lives right down the road from me. And so, um, okay, before, because I know we will get off track and we will yeah. just start mm -hmm. chatting. Um, so the main thing that I want to dig into first is kind of the season that the three of us are in. And I'm a little further down the road because I am fully empty nesting. And you two still have some of your kids at home, but we're trying to navigate uh, this season of midlife, of untethering from kids. What does that look like? What is my purpose? Who am I? Um, so I would love for us to dig into that because I feel like this is something that I hear women talk about all the time. And it's just trying to figure out Okay, where am I? What's next? How do I loosen my grip on the kids? Um, so let's start there. And uh, whoever wants to go first, if you have something on your heart, let's just start talking. Well, April, when we were chatting up, like we always do beforehand, that's what needs to be recorded really is that part, yeah. right? Is yeah. You mentioned something. You were like you were struggling. What, what was that? Yeah. And I think it has to do with exactly what Carla was saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And, and, you know, the Lord is revealing a lot through that, a lot of things that have to do with my own self and my own past and my own childhood. And, um, I think, uh, well, I'll just speak for myself. I don't want to, I don't want to assume that all moms experience this, but I, I feel like, you know, when you make the decision to be a full-time stay-at-home mom from when they're little, uh, it's very easy to live vicariously through your children. It's very easy to just decide like, well, and how do you not do the whole, they're my world, they're my life. Um, because it's, you, they're so all consuming. So yeah, you I was just about life. to say consuming. I mean, yeah. how, you, you know, time. to do your, to do your job well, Mm-hmm. And, and and then add add in, you know, you're trying to train them up in the ways of the Lord and you're trying to instill morality and values and all the all the things. It's all it's a full time job. You know, um, I remember when they were little praying because I would felt that um, I kind of had missed an opportunity when I had graduated from college. I didn't even graduate from college. Um, when I when I stopped attending college, I had felt that I missed an opportunity to go into ministry where I was going to go and, and minister in orphanages across, you know, I was going to join a team and I went down a different path. And I remember just lamenting before the Lord, like I've missed my calling. I've missed this opportunity. And at that point I had, um, I think, I think Amelia, my youngest was like two and you know, so what a two to 15, something like that. And, uh, and he's, he clearly said to me, he goes, why, why would you assume or think that your children are any less important to me or are any less of, 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 of a mission field than the children that are across another part of the country? And so, you know, when he spoke that over me, I took it seriously. And I was like, and I think both you have as well as moms. And it's like, you pour yourself into this role. And so um, I think that, now, as I'm coming th- through that, uh, and they're they're here, but like, yeah, you you said untethering, Carla, and it's like, how do I do this well as they're getting older and separating myself when I've I don't even know I I mean you guys I, I there's times where I'm like I don't even know if I know myself I, I I've been so disengaged from her for so long, what she loves, what she's interested in, where she wants to go for fun. What does she want to go get for food? What does she like to do on spare Mm -hmm. time? What about Mm -hmm. when she's alone? Mm -hmm. God forbid you be alone. I don't know what I would do with myself, you know? And, and there have been times and it's almost been a fearful moment when you're in that moment of complete aloneness and nobody needs you that you're like, what do I, you know? And so it's this self-discovery but it's almost like, where do I even begin? It's such a, just a mixture of feelings. Like It really is. Freedom, excitement, to mourning the time that's gone. Like, I look at my youngest, he's 10. And yeah. yesterday, he was trying to walk. Yesterday. And then you think, oh my gosh, that's my youngest. Look at all of them. It just goes by so fast. If I would have told myself this when I was younger I don't know maybe I would have slowed down a little bit to try to figure out who I was Mm -hmm. instead of trying to just sprint all the time and then get caught up in the busyness of it all but don't you I mean I feel like I was told that 
And I feel like I hear those words come out of my mouth to my friends that have little ones. But I don't think you truly grasp it, just like everything else. When you get married, you can't really truly grasp what marriage is going to be like until you're married. Or you can't grasp what it's going to be like to have a baby and and parent a baby and love something so incredibly much. It's hard to explain that. Mm-hmm. So when when others would tell me, other moms ahead of me would say, um, you know, enjoy it while you can, slow down. You're thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I am, okay. But it's just, uh, since I am a little bit ahead of you two as far as mine, you know, my daughter comes home from college and she's home for a little bit. But for the most part, I do have that quiet house. I do have that quiet time. And there are times where it's it's honestly like there's a lonely ache to it. And but then there's other times you're like, woohoo, you know, mm-hmm. this is nice. <laughs> and, you know, and so it is, it's finding that balance. And for me, it's been not allowing myself to sit in that aloneness too much because I'm real good at that and I'm very good at being by myself and I can do it too much. And I think for me, it seems like a lot of women as they get older and they empty nest and they start, you know, the the kids are going their own way. Some tend to shelter a little more and kind of get into their own world. So I have to be intentional and focus on doing other things and getting out there uh, but I think it is, it's, it's a constant going back and forth. And for me, it's just a constant in prayer and always asking the Lord for guidance and direction on where do you want me to go? What do you have for me? What is my purpose? Uh, I don't want to just live each day, just getting through it to go to bed that night and start over. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And do you guys think that, um, I've often thought this, like our, our great, great grandmothers, that, you know, it was such a more um, common thing in that those generations for the moms to be home and raise your children. And and then, you know, your, your, your home and your identity, I guess, maybe is wrapped up in that. But like, there wasn't a whole, I feel like we're in this world of so many options and value is placed on how successful you are, not just as a mom, but then, you know, what are you doing? How fit are you? Uh, uh, do you have a, a blog, a vlog? A, you know, are you doing all these things? And so mm-hmm. I think there's also that feeling, that pressure of, well, I got to do more. I mean, that this it when you're so consumed with your kids, I think it's easy to find success and value in that because, mm-hmm. and, and that's the other sidebar to this is, I think the struggle for me has been, recently the feeling of um my success and my value is wrapped up in where my kids are right now and what they're doing and 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 so I'm trying to navigate why do I feel that way is it because that it's it's always been like that when they're little and then you're putting you know your your self-worth maybe into them oh yeah it happens to everybody and they'll do it with sports with music not just where your your kids going to school you know, it's these high expectations that people are putting pressure on themselves to live up to, you know, to these extremes. And I felt it growing up in my world, and I can't even believe what I'm seeing now and the links that people will go to 
to make that happen for their kid? Are they really doing it for their kid? Or are they doing right. it for themselves? Yeah. Or their ego or, or something, their reputation? Something, or something they missed out on as a kid. So they're living yeah. through that kid and they want them to uh, succeed or, in whatever it is they did. Or a person? You know, right. people are competitive. Right. Yeah. So I, it, I, and it's, it's, it's so hard because when you're the one, it's, it's like you've invested all these years in raising these little humans to be these amazing people that you know they're going to be. And then you, how do you not do that though? Right? Like, how do you not sit there and go, um, look at my end product. But one of the things the Lord shared with me this morning um, that I just thought was so powerful, I should just go get my journal and read it to you guys because, you know, he, he was basically saying that his uh, success or the, what he finds successful and valuable and worthy or of worth um, is not what the world and not what we, even as Christians, put value in. And that, um, and that I look to, you know, oh, are they, are they in college? Are they working? Are they, you know, and I've never, my kids have never showed interest in team sports. I kind of wish I could go back. I mean, Carrie, you and I have talked about this. I wish I could go back and maybe force that a little bit, because I think that the transitions of us moving so much from Seattle to Texas to here, if they would have had something consistent like that. That, that they would have been involved in, then it could have helped out with the, the um, community and friendship aspect that I feel like is not there right now in their lives. And they're trying to figure out how to find community and friendship, you know? Um, so I, I think for that aspect, that would have been helpful. Um, but, uh, um, sorry, I was, I just drew blank on where I was going with that, but they've never been big into team sports. And I think, um, so like when you were saying putting the value in, what they're doing, you know, I do, I see this, uh, that we base our, the success of like how good our kids are doing around some of those things. And then when they've stopped or I don't know, they're, they're out of the house or whatever. I, it's like, where is that value? Or it, if it didn't turn out the way, and that's the thing I think I'm struggling with right now is that I feel like and I had to wait a second for one of them to be out of the kitchen to say this, but I think that there is a part of me that feels um, disappointed that they're not living out what my expectation or what I thought. Is it your expectation or because we can have that, or is it what you see in them that you know they can be pushed to something a little their greatness they have full potential you have one life and i could easily choose to live to my lowest potential or i can choose yeah. to live to my highest potential to but that's for me to choose right not for my mom to tell me that but maybe you're feeling that you see so much greatness that isn't being utilized. Is that what yeah. it is? I mean, I think, um, what, cause your expectations okay. have not always been this. You got to be a quarterback on the football team. You got to make straight A's. You got to speak in tongues better than, I mean, you've never been that way with your kids no. and you've, no. you've helped evolve what they love to do. So. Right. 
And that's the thing that's hard because, um, I mean, if they are kind, they love Jesus, they are grounded in, in him, they are amazing artists, they all have musical and artistic abilities that are incredible, they're great communicators, they're great, um, you know, I could list off a laundry list of things that makes, that, that, that I think a lot of parents would say, well, that's amazing. You know, they're respectful. They're, they're have hard work ethic. Their characters are of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and so, but why do I not place as much value on those things as I do on this Americanized culture of what we think is valuable, which is, I think, success in college, success in athletics, success in making money, success in physical appearance, success in friendship. Um, well, because we're think, basing our whole society on the ego and not on the spirit. Right. That's why. Right. And because that you, you are yeah. trying to yeah. live up to the world's expectations of what you think the world thinks is acceptable and that looks at you. Do you know what I mean? But that's yeah. not. Yeah. yeah. That's just well, how ego. Do you, how do you separate that? How do you, how do you stand in that resolve and, and be confident in it? Because it's hard. I mean, a couple mm-hmm. thoughts I had as you were talking, and I'm sure this ran through your minds too, is comparison is the thief of joy. I mean, we know that. We know it. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we know it, but yet we it, the comparing is so hard to not do. And all the things that you lifted, listed about your kids are exactly what anyone would want their, their child to be like, right? And it, it made me think of when you're asking and questioning, what is my purpose? What is my will now? Your will for me. What is my identity now as my kids are getting older? You know, it's going back to those true goals and desires of what's important to you. And it's like we've talked about before. It's, it's making an impact on others. It's uh, leading others to Christ. It's, it's helping to women to rise up and to be empowered and equipped and to know who they are. And so it makes me think of that even in light of your kids. It's the same with you when you're trying to figure out what direction you're going and what you're doing. I think it's listing those character traits out. It's journaling. It's writing those down and it's seeing how many areas that they could thrive and do so amazing in. And the same for you. It's finding those things that are a part of you and that will cause you to just go after it with everything you've got and have such a passion in it. And it's it's how I feel about helping women. It's how I love podcasting and talking to women. And the main reason is, well, I love to talk, but and I love women, <laughs> but it's because I want other women to feel from people like you and, and everyday conversations like the three of us have that that you can go out there and do anything. You haven't lost your identity. It's just buried a little bit, and it's finding that again and and really seeking mm-hmm. that out. Okay, so how did you find that then? Because you are me, sitting in that empty nester spot. Yeah. yeah, right now, that's where you're sitting. Like, did you feel it coming when, you know, Jake was about to graduate and Mary Grace was about to leave? Yeah, I think, and I don't think we mentioned, I don't think we mentioned, so my kids are 20 and 23. My 20, almost 23, is 
three-year-old is married. And um, so when, when Jake, the first one to go off to college, you know, I, it was pre him going, I started doing my health coaching certification and started kind of looking at stuff for myself. I've always done a few things here and there, but really started thinking, okay, what, what's next for me? And I toyed with different ideas and then I would put that away and I would come back to it and I'd put it away. And then I, then I would go on to something else, some other distraction, and then always felt like the Lord redirected me back to doing something in this whole arena. And then I've always wanted to do some kind of podcasting. And I think my son doing it made me go, oh, that looks fun. Look what he's doing and um, love talking to people. And so I just started just researching, digging, pursuing and realizing. And I've shared many times that my dream when I was a kid was to be a GJ. And to me, this is me fulfilling <laughs> that. You yeah. know, it's like I'm getting out there and kind of I'm not, you know, spinning the, the records and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm, I'm getting to talk to people. And so I think I'm still I, I'm constantly asking every day what what else is there. And if there's not any more, that's OK. Um, but it, it's it's trying to rest and and be OK and where you feel like he leads you. And not always feeling like it has to be something more or it has to be something big and grand because that's that's not necessarily it either. It may be going and and leading a study with a few women. I mean, it it can literally be anything, but I just feel like I'm constantly asking him. I'm constantly praying about it. And I'm I'm looking at what drives me, what gives me excitement, what gives me passion. And mm-hmm. when I podcast, I feel that passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I love what you said yesterday when we talked, Carla, where um, you were, we were obviously talking about this and um, how, I don't know what is going on with my brain today, you guys. I had it and then it just left again. <laughs> oh, poor It'll girl. She's experienced. She's experiencing <laughs> mit- perimenopause. You just wait till you oh, get there. You call yeah. that over me. Full on menopause is coming, wait. girl. Get ready. And before we go on, if y'all don't mind, I mean, what? and what? if you don't mind, I want y'all to tell your ages and the ages of your kids. And um, because I'm also going to put in the show notes and direct back to the podcast we did more in the beginning. Um, of all of us together too which is fun got it (laughs) and uh so yes so i'm just i already shared my kids ages but i am 58 about to be 59 in november just say you're 60 just start saying we're gonna have a party (laughs) you're coming okay don't worry you're so so tell your age and your kids age because i think that gives a little perspective for people too and who's still living at home Oh, do you want me to start? (laughs) Sure. Um, Okay. So I've got (laughs) four kids. My oldest is 26. Uh, My next one's 21. The two are boys. And then the two younger ones are Audrey's 19 and Amelia's 14. And they're all home. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will... I will, uh, which by the way, I think is the other part that's challenging because, you know, they're here, um, they're all in college 
um, that was part of Michael and I's deal with all of them was like, look, we can't afford to send you all to school and pay for it. But if you guys want to do local school, we will cover, we will cover room and board, you know, as long as you're in school full time. Well, they took us up on that offer and, um, and it's great. That's great. Like, like, like they're, they're, they're Connor's in pilot school right now and he's thriving and doing that and like loving it. Um, but the, the challenge is they're here. And you're watching and observing things, kind of like going back to what you were saying, Carrie, about their fullest potential, but you're no longer, in, you're no longer like able to really, you can speak into them, but you can't mm -hmm. really like arrange a play date, you know? <laughs> yeah. Let me send some emails <laughs> like, for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, honey, you know, uh, you, you're not going to meet people in your bedroom. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you got to get out there. You got to go, you know, do things, but. Anyway, um, real quick, I just wanted to, because I remembered what, before Carrie tells her kids' ages, I just was going to say, Carla, that the thing I appreciated you saying was that um, these big, the big things that we feel like we have to do and how small impacts in everybody's lives every day. I think that's the other thing is, um, you know, if we think we, we want to make an impact in God's kingdom, that we have to travel to across the world to go do that in a mission field across the world. And you had said something like, and not think that there could be somebody just in our own backyard that we could love on, that we can talk to, that we can smile at, that we can pour into. So that was my, that was my thing. I had to get it out because I didn't want to <laughs> lose it again. So anyway, all right. Here, and April, how old are you? Oh, 45. 45. 45. Little yep. spring chicken. I know, oh, wow. little baby. She's a little, little baby. baby girl. <laughs> She's lucky. Doesn't feel being like the it. old lady group. Oh, <laughs> and I, I will tell you both. I have had uh, my eyesight has been amazing my whole life, and you know I'm doing this. You know, like <laughs> crap. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, but I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, what are they called? The, the readers. The yeah. readers? Is that what they're called? That's like, what like, they're I'm called. Gonna... Yeah, whatever. Don't act like you don't know. <laughs> I'm going to send you some sweet peepers yeah. from stars with okay. your little smelly Aww. stuff that you like. Because really, yeah. it's just I haven't actually had my eyes checked in a while, but that's all it is, right? It's just everything's a little yeah. bit more blurry. Everything's a little bit more. It, yeah, and it yes. gets worse. Yeah, but then you just find some really cool glasses, and I don't have mine up here. These are peepers from Stars. Yeah, I've but never heard of peepers. Let me see. Put them on. They're old. These are old. I don't know if I can get them past my headphones. Oh my gosh, they're so cute. Oh, they got cute ones, girl. I'll yeah. get you the real low care. strength too. I'll send you some. <laughs> I'm, I'm just. I think for the next one. Um, we're going to have someone that's older than me, too, because this just is not right that I'm the oldest. So I'm just throwing that out there. We need another another friend that's over 58. Well, she's used to having 75-year-old mm -hmm. bodybuilders on her podcast. That is true. And that is true. I need to have one of them on with I us. I watched yes. that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Listeners, if you haven't listened to the one with her on the uh, – well, what is the name of that show that that lady was so on? So Jenny McCall was on the podcast, and she has been on American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. Um, and then the last three, well, tomorrow one comes out with Stephanie Rothkar, Um, And then Tama Smith was prior to her, and before that was Jenny McCall. All three are competition bikini bodybuilders. And, and they're it's, how old? 
uh, Stephanie is 50. Um, Tama is about to be 63 on Friday. And Jenny McCall is 66. And if you listen to those podcasts, Mm -hmm. you will be beyond inspired because most of them did not start doing anything till later. And they're not saying you have to be a bodybuilder. They're just saying, look at what you can do with your life and with your passions. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they just, they just make you go, wow, life does not end at 40 or 50 or just because your kids left the house. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, you know, it's. So anyway, back to you, Carrie. How old are you and yeah. how many kids do you have? 52, 52. Yeah. That's how yeah. old I am. I have five kids and my oldest is 23 and then 22 and then 18 and then 14, no, 15 and then 10. It's hard to keep up with all these ages. I'm glad I, I have two. It's oh, so easy to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of the reason why we didn't put our kids in sports was I'm like, I'm going to be, which Carrie, you totally know what I'm going to say when I say this, you're gonna be like, uh-huh, is I knew I would be all over the damn town, all over full time. We'd never like, I'd, it'd be just constant going because I had so the four of them and I'd be like, okay, well, if I've got him, if I have all of them in one thing, then I'm everywhere oh, yeah. at all time. Right. You know? And, um, I, I guess I felt, I said this to you, Carla, I felt like, why would I do that to myself if they don't show passion and drive for something, right? Like if they're kind of, eh, it's sort of like, well, I'm not going to push you to do something that makes me have to work hard for it, you know, or I'm the one that has to facilitate it. And anyhow, but yeah, yeah. I, I do want to say too, because you just mentioned Carrie that your oldest was 23. So my 20 um, six-year-old who just came home, which I don't usually mention this because I just think it's irrelevant, but, um, I never refer to him as my stepkid and all that. But for your listeners who are like, did she have him when she was 12? (laughs) 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 He is not my biological son, although I've never thought of him as anything other than that. So I met Michael when, um, he, the mom, kind of was out of the picture and Michael was raising him and so it just was a no-brainer for me to put bring him under my wing and and um be mom so that's that's my role that's been my role since and um you know but yeah Yeah. I I guess I can't technically claim the physical four births (laughs) oh but but four emotional births for sure (laughs) that is true yeah so Carrie how many are still living at home all of them. No. Sophia just left for college. So my okay. oldest is, he has a year left um, okay. online. And then my second oldest graduated and then she moved back home. And that's a whole nother journey that you and I have been talking about is dealing with a child who is now then trying to find their spot. You know, they yeah. did everything that you... We did everything you told us to do. We went to school. We graduated from college. We got the degree. Now what am I supposed to do? Swim team, amazing athlete. Yeah. Like, so, you know, they're trying to parent her, right, be there. For the older two, they're totally different. And then I have one that's a freshman in college who's all over the place and 18 years old. And then you're that's a whole different set of parenting right there Mm -hmm. and then have a freshman in high school 
who, yeah, hello, starting all over again, right? And then Major, who is still in that elementary school age, which, and this is what I'm going through right now. So, you know, Carly, you're the empty nester. And then, you know, April's got her set that, but with um, having that fifth kid, one thing that I've realized about me is that I loved being, I love being a mom. I do. I love being a kid with my kids. Mm-hmm. I love playing. I love getting dirty. I love sports. I love throwing the balls. I love jump, jumping on the trampolines. I love walking out to a three-year-old and anything you say and anything you do. You see this right here? <gasps> That's awesome. I know. What are we going to do with it? You know, I don't have that anymore. That I don't have that anymore. The... The yeah. wonderment and excitement of the little kids and always having somebody that I can go to and play. I have a bad day. I'm going to go find my little one and we're going to go down to the play set and we're going to forget all of our worries. I didn't realize how hard that has been for me. Like, and I'm going to be honest with you too. It's a little easier to let go of the older ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you've got you the know what I'm one. saying? For me, just because there's just been so much in our lives and you want to see them progress and go and it's good. But the emotional like (gasps) is my little, my little, they're, they're not those same people anymore. I mourn that. Like I look at my phone, like, look at, look at that. That's Sophia and, and Izzy. And, and that was yesterday. That was, was 10 yesterday. years ago. Right. Yeah. It was 10 years ago. And I'm like, those little precious things aren't those little people anymore. And that's what I'm having a hard time with is letting go of that. And I know they need to grow up, but yeah. that's yeah. been emotional for me. Yeah. Well, talk about Carrie for you then, um, because you are doing other things. Not only do you have a full house. But you also have been pursuing some passions and some things that you love to do. So for you, you know, kind of share what those things are and, you know, how you have been navigating that with kind of letting go of kids a little bit, but pursuing what you want, but yet still having to be over here, but wanting Mm -hmm. to be over here. And I know April and I talked a little bit about, you know, do you get the guilt of, oh, I shouldn't do this yet. My kids are still home. I'm. I don't want to have the guilt of, you know, wanting to do my own thing. So, yeah, kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I've always had a job. You know, I have a college degree. I was in radio. I worked for some big companies for a little bit. And then once I had kids, for me, I had to stay home. I had to. I I wanted to be there every second and not miss anything, but still kept just teaching at gyms or whatever, you know, and taking them with me, not really for a very long time. I knew that I was gonna have to get a job once Isabel was in school. Isabel's my number four. So that was the plan. I was gonna get a full-time job. I had no idea what it was gonna be, but that's what I was gonna do. And then I got pregnant with Major at 42 years old. Like, you wanna talk about, I cried for two days. I joke joke with people and I say, you know, we'll talk about that fifth kid, you know, whatever. I say, yeah, you know, when I found out I cried for two days and then I cried for two days because I cried for two days. (laughs) I cried for two days because I was like, oh, my gosh, like I have to start all over. I 
I'm not going to get, I'm just being real with y'all. I'm, this is not what I tell people on the streets, just you two, <laughs> <laughs> is I, I was ready to start. I, I'm a worker. I want to do something. I'm ready to do this and make some money and be a contributor and and provide f- enough for my family that we can go do some extra things, you know? And so then I got pregnant with Major, and I literally cried selfishly. And then I cried two more days because I felt so terrible that there are people that want to have children. And, I was, you know, I was taking that for granted. I did. And I feel bad for that. And I look at him, I'm like, I can't live without him, you know, ever. So but, but, but then I had to come back and go, okay, I'm going to have to wait. I'm going to have to wait because I'm not missing his baby years and all that. And then once he did get old enough and it was time for him to get into school and start, that's when I started looking into what I liked. But I like a lot of different things. I can pick one thing, but I needed direction from the Lord, you yeah. know. So I just went deep in prayer and writing, like, how does this make sense from what you had me desire when I was young to have me do all these years with fitness and health and using my voice and really unfolded in my journal. And it's such a long story, but really unfolded in my journal, listening to the Lord and stop listening to my ego and stop trying to control where my life was going because I think I know best was really sit down, be quiet and let things unfold how they're supposed to unfold and stop trying to control everything. And I did and be still and let it take its course because I'm very impatient person. I'm just like everybody else. I want it right now. You know, and it was, I heard voice, voiceover. I wrote voiceover. What's that? Use your voice. What? Use my voice for what? I mean, days, weeks, journaling, step by step. And then I learned about voiceovers and that it's not just radio, which I knew that. It's, you can do it from your home. It's, you can do announcements. I've done black tie events. I've been cartoon on cartoons. I've done radio, TV. I've done learning modules and pretended I was a 13-year-old kid from the Bronx. I mean, nice. can we hear it's that It's hilarious. <laughs> I want to hear that one. I got to contort my body a certain way <laughs> to make myself sound like that. You know what I'm saying? Like when you know, when you know what a construction worker makes a salary, <laughs> this is what a salary is. You know what I'm saying? So, or like HR, like I'm pretending to be this person, whatever. That's just been in a whole journey. And I love it. Like I've told y'all, like I've sat in here for a year by myself trying to figure it all out and doing certain auditions. I just start crying like, oh, things for churches. Oh my gosh. You get this audition, amazing script. I have delivered this audition and I put it down and literally bawling my head off like just the power of the Holy Spirit took over me and how he's shown me and shown up that way every time and and I know that if someone is seeking out there like what what am I supposed to do supposed to come up don't settle don't settle what you think or what somebody else says like you just need to go get yourself a job doing that you know and not be happy. That's not true. There's something that you love to do that you are going to bless other people and get and 
you know, enjoyment, fulfillment out of that. I believe it. It's just about really listening. <laughs> well, and your I, work. I, I, lo- I love what you said on that and listening and how you had to keep just writing and journaling and you got voice, voiceover. It's not like it came quickly. And I feel like that was the same for me too, but I kept getting impatient because I'm real good at that too and taking control. So then I would get distracted with something else. And before you know it, I'm over here doing this or this little job or this. I'm like, that's not me. I I don't want to do that. And then I come back and then it's like, but Lord, what do you have for me? What do you want? And it constantly kept leading back to the same things. It's like, I swear, you know, he wanted to throw a brick at my head and just be like, I've said it over and over and over, but you're not listening. You're not waiting. You're taking control. Mm -hmm. And you're not just allowing me to lead. And boy, once I just start letting them lead, and even starting the podcast, I released my first one the week I donated a kidney. I mean, it was like, I, I had a million things going on, but I, I let go of, well, I'll, I'll wait till after, so then I can work on this and that, and the aesthetics can be better, and the sound, and you know, and I just let it go, and I'm like, I'm just going to do it. He's, he showed me the way. I'm just going to do it, and I'll flub up and mess up and do things along the way, but it's okay. And I, I, I think that's where I would encourage women is to do the waiting, the, the listening, the, the not settling, exactly what you said, too, but yet, not, you know, not jumping ahead and staying in your mm-hmm. lane, not mm-hmm. comparing and looking out there, well... Lisa over here is doing this. That looks fun. I want to do that. But that might not be your passion or your gifting or where you're being led. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also really feel it. it's important to, to say is your family is great and they're going to support you and love you. But your kids are going to always see you as their mom and they don't care what you're doing. And what yeah. you're doing is not important. And right. that's okay that they think that, but it is right. important. And you don't need their validation for that. You're mm-hmm. still their mom. Mm-hmm. You can still do a good job, you know? Yeah. Because I just, I, I overheard one of my kids talking to another kid, and they were making fun of me and what I do. And at first it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit, but I was like, I really felt like I heard the Lord say, they, they're saying it in love, and they're all, you're, you're always just going to be their mom. They can't see you any different way. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I felt a, such a peace about that. I'm like, you know what? You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's been so many times where my kids have come to me and, um, well, some of the struggle for my, my kids here, at least, not so much in Texas, but here, is that they interacted with a lot of kids that didn't have healthy homes. And um, I think there there was disconnect. They'd come home and they'd just be like, yeah, you know, they don't have, they don't sit down and have dinner together as a family. They don't have a mom that's home or invested or asks questions or whatever. And I think some of that, well, for especially during COVID, the beginning of COVID, I think um, there was a lot of resentment from kids. You just don't understand. You don't get it. You know, you've got the perfect life. You've got the perfect family, you know, all that. But I've, I've, had, a, I've had them now as 
you know, young adults come back and, and say, we know what we have between just the mom that you've been, but also the parents that you've been, the fact that you're still married after 20 years and that you guys are, we're a strong family and that we're connected and we're, it's like, that's a gift. That's a blessing. And, and they're so grateful for it. And so, you know, there's so much value in that. And what, what was once so common and sadly mm-hmm. is not so common. I know. And, and, and yet they're the enemy for some weird reason, wants to make us feel inadequate about that uncommonality because you want to fit in and you want to be, you want to be whatever. So, you know, I mean, I've had friends who've been like, you know, oh, if you're kind of over, I mean, these are Christian women, like, you know, if you're um, not feeling anymore, you know, with your husband, then we're just go, it's whatever, just go find something, some, somebody else, move on, April, why would you do that? Why would you waste your life with just one person kind of thing, you know? And I think that there's these mm. messages out there Mm-hmm. That what the three of us have done with being home, being intentional with our children, intentional with our family, there is self-sacrifice in that. Yeah. And isn't that the heart of Jesus? Isn't that the heart of Jesus? This self-sacrifice thing, right? And so now I'm sitting here and even even with what I do, kind of piggybacking off of what you guys are both saying about, you know, finding your passion, finding your purpose, and you know, what's this next season hold? me doing skincare out of my house was a means to an end sort of because because Carrie you and I are so similar in our, our story a little bit where uh, Michael and I always intended when Amelia was went to school that I'd go back to work I'd go back and get a job we both knew we're poor as paupers we were like you can't we can't survive you know on just one income especially in Seattle so um, it was in that 2012 year when Michael broke his ankle and um, I had to go get like a, I got like a contracted job uh, <clears throat> while he was down. And we had our, at one point, my contract wasn't finished. Um, I was doing what I had done before I had a family, which was HR stuff. So, you know, our, our planes converged at one point where he went back to work, but I wasn't finished with my contract. So we both were working full time. And Amelia was in daycare. And I just remember going, oh my gosh, there's, this is so wrong. All of it is wrong. And, and I say that lovingly to an audience that's listening. It was wrong for us. It felt, we were both, we were like, just, I'm, and I'm like, who's making dinner? Who's going shopping? Who's taking them on their appointments? Who's picking them up? Who's the, you know, and we both kind of walked away from that situation and just said, I told them, I go, I think I need to stay home until Mm -hmm. they're done with I, I, I just think that this isn't going to, I don't know how this is going to work for us, you know? Um, so, so at that point we were like, well, what could I do from home? What can I do from home that will keep me home, keep me present, but also maybe make some money. And so this was the, you know, it was like real estate or this. And, you know, that's the other one that's been coming at me, by the way, constantly for the last several years is you should be a realtor. You should be a realtor. You should be a realtor. I just had a friend of mine, uh, she's a broker locally, and she's like, "Hey, go get your real estate license and come work with work for me. You'd be great, you know." So that's one I'm praying over. But anyway, the 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 skincare thing was not like a, this is my passion. This is what I'm supposed to do, and there even came a point. I think Carrie, I might have shared it with you. I don't know if I shared it with you, Carla, where, um, just with my own struggle in the beauty industry and my identity wrapped up in the beauty industry, of asking the Lord, should I even be doing this? Because it feels like I'm 
um, supporting an industry that is so hyper focused on beauty and superficiality, you know, mm-hmm. and, and um, he, you know, he shared with me, what other opportunity right now can you get where you get to interact with women on a daily basis, put your hands on them, pray over them, love on them, care for them, make them feel beautiful, make them feel valuable. And so, you know, it, it shifted and I tried to always honor that, you know, what I heard from him. But I sit here and I think, and that's been the other struggle as I'm like, do I stay doing this or do I, do I go find something different? It's just not, um, it's so perfect for you though. I mean, I'm going to make you keep doing it. So when I come see you, keep giving me (laughs) facials, but yeah, yeah. I mean, people are coming to your house to give you money so you can massage your face and pour into them and they love you. And you're so good at what you do. You are, and you do have such a passion about it. I, 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 I love it. Well, Carla going back with Carla, I mean, you guys know I'm a talker. I love, I, you know, I, in fact, I was telling Carla Carey yesterday that, um, I went out, I have a Christy, Boise Christy that is like so much like Texas Christy for me. And, no way. Um, totally. And they like, oh, talk, they Texas Christy does not want to hear this. I can tell you I, that. There's nobody that could replace Don't tell me that you're going to find a Carla and you're going to find a Carrie now. Oh my <laughs> God. I look just like you. Don't tell me that. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear that. I shouldn't say that. You're right. You're <laughs> Just, right. Um, I'm messing with you. I have to refer to her as my Boise Christy because anytime I ever talk to anybody that knows Christy from Texas, they're like, oh, and they're like, no, no, Boise Christy. But we went out for coffee and, um, you know, I feel like. The, and I, Carla, stop me if I'm veering off into a different direction. But I just I feel like I'm also in a, in this place um, where I have women ahead of a little ahead of me. I have a lot of women behind me. And when I say that, I mean women that I can pour into, women that I can love on, women that are struggling in something, women that and and part of that is the having a lot of women that come see me which I become their therapist, right? It's like a hairstylist. You know, you, you, you hear their marriage problems, you hear their issues, all these things, and then you get to love on them and pour into them, which is, I love it. But I was telling Michael, I go, outside of the women in Texas that I have, um, you know, which I'm just kicking myself every day, like, Lord, why did I leave? <laughs> you know, but, but you guys are like my... You guys are the ones that I feel like I'm holding hands with, if that makes sense through life right now. And sort of we're on that same, you know, we're pulling the cart together. And um, anyhow, I don't have a lot of women here that I feel that way with. And so when I went out to coffee with Christy, I told Carla, it was like, we were outside, the leaves are changing color. It's so beautiful. It's like vibrant yellows and purples and reds and green and and, and it's um, and we're sharing and we're doing this. We're dialoguing and we're edifying, encouraging and speaking into one another. I told her, I go, I said to Carla yesterday, I, that was so, I loved that so much. It was like, it was, I didn't look at the clock. I didn't look at my phone. I wasn't sitting there wondering when the next thing was going to happen, which is what I feel like a lot of th- things I do in life are right now. Oh, it's I like, know, right. when can I get to that next thing? Or, or, mm-hmm. or, or, or I just, when am I going to get a break? When am I going to get a break? Yeah, when am I going to get a break? That's my <laughs> mantra. <laughs> and, and I don't want to live like that guys. I, like, I want to live in something where I'm intentionally, I know there's always going to be the, okay, I got to make dinner, you know, all right, I got to do this. Right. Um, 
working out, whatever, you know, you got to do the thing because you know the thing is good for you and you're like, all right, I want to do it. Um, but I want more of my day and more of my life to be spent. Uh, and I think that's what it was. That's what I said to Carla. I go, I really do think loving on, encouraging, having dialogue with women like this, that is what I love. That is what I'm passionate about. And, you know, when you're sitting there rubbing on someone's face or helping them with skin, you know, last thing they want is for you to, like, be chewing their ear off about, you know, whatever. It's like they want to relax and they want to sit there and let you just shut up and and or well, whatever. Well, it's a one-way street. You're, they're yeah. not pouring into you. You need to be no. poured yeah. into, too. And Yeah. Right. That's, right. that's funny because, yeah, I was thinking if you're my lady doing my facials, I really want you to kind of be quiet and let me yeah. just chill. <laughs> and if I want to talk to you and share my stories, I'll share I'll my stories. You know. <laughs> yeah. But when um, I need a therapist, I'll let you know. Yeah. yeah. And I think that is is such um, a deep talk topic that I know I want us to get into. Probably not today because I think okay. it's going to go too far and too deep. But I do think it is so incredibly important um, for us to talk about that and talk about friendships and and the pouring yeah. in and the pouring out and what women want and what women need and what they feel like they're not getting out of friendships. And um, because, yeah, I could I could go on and on about it, too. And many of my friends uh, that I feel the closest and in depth to other than my few, including Carrie, um, are don't live here. I mean, they are longer distant relationships and that's OK, too. You know, yeah. because it, that doesn't mean that the miles between you, you can't still um, no. have a, a deep relationship. But um, let's go ahead. Let's, I was just say let's let's make sure that we uh, circle back on that because I I think that's a great I think that's yeah. a great topic that we should yeah. talk mm -hmm. about. It. Yeah, female, I do too. Female friendship, female yeah. friendship, the importance of it, and then the different layers of it. You yeah. Know? Yeah, mm -hmm. I do too. I think right now I would love both of you maybe to give, um, if you have any uh, ideas, suggestions for women that are listening, that are taking what we've said and going, okay, but what do I do with all that? Like, what what now? Um, and I'm going to kick it off by saying if you're still in the phase of not quite empty nesting, you're getting close. If, if you're in that phase or whatever, start thinking about it now and take a deep look inside and go and ask yourself, am I in tune with my husband? Do I know my husband? Am I connected to my husband? Um, is, is everything that I feel like I am tied up only in my kids? What do I have outside of that? And Almost the who, the who, who am I? Who, who is this man in my life? Is he someone once my kids are out the door that I'm going to be excited to be doing life with? And, and really just putting that to prayer and waiting and writing and being still and walking and talking with the Lord and just dig in and, at, you know, really think about what, what excites me? What would be so cool if I could do it? If it, if you have that option to think about, if it's not a money thing where I have to go do this, it's more right. of a, what could I go do? Um, that is kind of what 
where I would say to go with it, not not to wait, not to wait until the kids leave and all right. of a sudden yeah. you're sitting in that house For going, sure. now yeah. what? This, is, this popped into my head just a minute ago when you were saying that. It's a good analogy what I told uh, my kids that did sports in college because their whole identity, no matter what I say, is that they jump on it love it, (laughs) embrace it. And life is always going to be that way. No, it's not. You're going to graduate. You are never going to do that sport again, probably, you know, at at least for sure. And not at that level. So starting as a freshman, you know, when they're saying, I want to do this, I want to do this. And I'm seeing that I'm like, okay, well, just know this is what's going to happen. There is a time when there's an ending point to that. You need to mentally, emotionally, spiritually prepare yourself that you're going to leave that institution and you're going to be sitting somewhere going, who am I? Mm-hmm. Because you didn't do the work and you only held on to that. It's the same thing. Are you only holding on that my identity is my kids? If you can see, which you can, you know they're going to leave home eventually, right? Then you have that time to dabble in things. Try art. Try needlework. Try um, traveling with friends. Try anything hobby that you can to see what lights you up. Maybe you like this, maybe you like this, but what lights you, like excites you on the inside? Well, I don't know, nothing. Okay, next. Let's go try, let's find the next thing. And you will, you will. And when you find it, you'll know it. And then you ask yourself, how can I bless people with it? Can I make it, give it? Can I make it, sell it, and then donate my money? Can I do other kids, you know, missions, anything? I mean, it's like you can, somebody said the other day, give me one word and I can, I can give you a question of how, like fire. How do you make fire? How do you start a fire? How does it work? You know, anything, anything, don't put limits on yourself. And now that we have computers and AI all over the place, every opportunity in the world connected in the world, there's no excuses. There, mm. there are none. And yeah. YouTube, well, I don't have the money. I don't have the money. YouTube is free, and you can find how-tos to do anything on there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that is so good. And, and I would say I've always put a label on myself which I think mm-hmm. take take any labels off yourself too. But I would place labels on myself like I'm not crafty. That is a true label. I am not. But <laughs> um, I would always say like I'm not creative. Like my kids, mm-hmm. I, I, their creativity did not come out until later. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, and then I, I would say, well, I'm not, I'm not creative. And I'm like, I'm... I'm out here creating podcasts. I'm, exactly. You know, the, there's all these things a I'm home, doing. And I'm a like, meal. Right. Everybody it's, is born right. with creation because yeah. we are we are from a creator and we were created. And yeah. we were created to create. And you created yeah. a family and you created yeah. a meal. We are creators. When people tell me that, oh, I'm not an artist. You are. You are an yeah. artist of your life. Just yeah. pick yeah. your medium, girl. I mean, you can turn yeah. that. And I mean, it's just one more quick thing, April. Um, on the identity for our kids too, and our identity for us, because I, 
had a brother that his entire identity was wrapped up in baseball. Baseball, baseball, baseball. And when his rotator cuff was shredded in college, he was lost, had no idea who he was. He had been so mm-hmm. lost in that all those years and just went off the rails. And um, it's so important to know who you are outside of that that sport or whatever it is you're involved in. Um, have your identity in something other than the sport, the kids, the husband, the job, yeah. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. And and yeah, I there's so many things that I've got a young mom right now who's 30 and she's just starting her 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 life as a mom. And you know, I've I know she's in my life for a reason. Carla, you mentioned that you've got younger mom in your life too. And I take it very seriously because I know that the Lord uh, commands and wants and desires for us to pour this kind of stuff into them. And yeah, identity is huge. Um, I think that you touched on something, Carla, that we probably aren't going to have enough time to go over today, but maybe we can chat about it. And again, is the absolute mandatory, essential priority of your marriage. And that it is so easy as a mom when you fall in love with your babies to completely disregard him and and that relationship and um, your sexual life, your all of those things. And I would say the only thing that's going to get you past, <laughs> you know, and, and carry on. And here we are, I, you know, we, Michael and I just had our 20 year anniversary, been together 23 years. And, you know, I think we're stronger than ever, but 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 it's not been out of a, a place of neglect and, and and it's not been just by chance right and the tendency i think as moms is making the children the priority because like we said when we started this they have to be the priority because they're in your face all the time and they're pooping and needing you and you know it's like <laughs> you can't really not i mean they're kind of mm-hmm. in your face going like look at me mom you know mm-hmm. so it's hard if you can't not but you know, I remember there being a season in Michael and I's life where, we, like I said, we were poor as poppers and we couldn't afford to go out. We couldn't afford to go dating. We couldn't afford to go do these things. And I remember a friend of ours saying, um, then what you do is you put those babies to bed and you guys do intentional time together, whatever that is, play a game, you know, um, whatever it might be, try to avoid the technology, try to avoid TV time. Maybe it's sitting down with a glass of wine and talking about your day, but you make it a priority to come together and talk and be together every day, you know, making your sex life a priority, even if you don't want to, that kind of stuff. Um, because I'll tell you what, if I was sitting in a place right now where I didn't enjoy my husband and I didn't know my husband and I, and, and then these kids now, then they leave and I, I'm still, I'm trying to find out my own identity. And then I look at him and I'm like, well, I don't even know who you are. I can forget about you. I'm still trying to figure me, you know, it's just a perfect recipe for, you know, the, the, the demise of a, of a life and a marriage. And, and of course we all know it affects the kids. It affects everybody. So I think that's a, that's a topic that maybe we could go into another time, but you know, I would say that identity. I think we been- have to. That was our first in- initial intention was to talk about that. I yeah. think this would be yeah. a good little segue to go in there. Yeah. You know, coming yeah. off of this conversation, it's easy. Yeah. 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 And then I just would say that, that, that the identity thing really quick, because that has been such a theme for me in the last several years on my journey with the Lord is 
um, who do I say you are? Not who does the world say you are, not who does the kids say you are, not who do, you know, the, the, the beauty standards or whatever, who do I say you are, you know? And um, if I could have gone back maybe when they were a little bit littler and figured that out early, earlier on, you know? Again, you're so consumed with them, so it's hard. But I would tell any woman today, um, find your identity in Christ and your fullness in him and that rest place in him. Because so much now of some of the struggles I can clearly see all point back to, there you are again, April, you're putting your identity in that. You're putting your value in that. You're putting your, you know, and so the work is happening. The work is good, but it's like, man, I would have, I really wish I would have started working on this then, you know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, with Definitely. age comes wisdom, you know, and it's <laughs> yeah. just, it, it truly does. All the things we wish we had known or told ourselves or, um, but, you know, uh, regret, shame, guilt, none of that is of the Lord. And we, we all have done the best we could. And I know every woman out there is doing the best she could or can. Mm-hmm. And it's just, um, I just know that women want to feel like they're not alone in this. And and they're not, because I talk to so many women that are dealing with this. So I think this conversation plus the following can be encouraging. And um, we, just, we just want to invite the listeners in to just be a part of this. And another thing I thought of maybe that we could do some time, time is almost a Q&A where I'll get some questions to come in mm-hmm. and then we will answer those because I think that's always great too when uh, you can answer questions that, you know, they're trying to, to put out there and find out. And, oh, and I know. We're, For we're sure. not professionals. We are not. We are just three friends that love to talk and we love to share and we love to be honest and have real conversations and we love to help other women that are coming up behind us or walking beside us in the same age, whatever it is. We just want to help women, like I said before, rise up, be empowered, have the tools to be equipped to do this Amen, life sister. and do it well and do it joyfully. Because mm-hmm. I will say at 58, I, I probably feel better, have more energy. Um, and this will be another topic, but I probably have more sex than I did ever before. So, you know, um, Go sorry. <laughs> sorry, Jake, I know you're editing that might, this. But. That might be the, I, I've heard rumors of that also being the menopause, some of the menopause stuff, because I've heard that I've heard that that changes some things. Well, we'll have that. We'll have that combo yeah. later. But yeah, because during long, menopause, during pen- menopause, no, episode. <laughs> okay. After, after. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm beyond menopause, and the empty house helps. Just yeah, FYI. Okay. Girl, okay, yes, we will talk about that. I just want to add one more quick thing that the Spirit just, I, I, that I think is so important that we all, as believers, faithful women of Christ, that we say to these listeners and women and moms that are listening is, I'll never forget God saying to me, um, I will never, ever uh, uh, uh respond from a place of fear in you yeah. because I don't, I don't partner with fear. Right. So as moms, as women, as we are navigating these new waters of motherhood, marriage, empty nesters, you know, what you name it. Um, if it, if there is anxiety and fear, 
you need to be taking down those strongholds in the name of Jesus. And then yeah. you need to say, and then you need to ask God, what is it that you need to be for me right now so that I can walk in this confidence and this boldness that you've called me to? Because we are not filled with timidity. We are filled with the power of Jesus. And so we have that to walk in. And I think the enemy wants to suppress us and keep us down out of those places of like insecurity, fear, whatever. And um, probably because we've got so much dang work to do that bring God glory and being image bearers of him. And we would be earth shaking if we all rose up to our true identity in him and didn't let fear take hold or anxiety take hold. And so that's one that like, man, you know, if I could just impress that into so many women is like, do not let fear navigate your life. Go out there, do it, try it, experience, you know, if it's wrong, I mean, this is one thing that God said, do you not think I love you enough and I'm not powerful enough to bring you back around? Like, like if, if, if it's the wrong path, I'll bring you back. Like we'll, we'll, we'll go shut down. it down. He will shut yeah. it down. If you are trusting in mm-hmm. the Lord and you love him and you're resting with him, then you can walk in confidence every day to know the Lord's never, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake right. you. Right. Preach it, and girls. So Preach it. And there's so much parenting. I- Come on. All right. No, your well, time's up. We can go all day. <laughs> It'll be like a Sunday church yeah. revival in here. All right. <laughs> yeah. all right. And and we'll be singing before you know it, and that's when it gets scary. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna be dancing. We'll be yeah. dancing. Yeah. Okay. We are gonna. <laughs> we we are going to close. Love y'all. I just know all the listeners are just going to love you both. And I know they're going to want more of you <laughs> on here. And also, I'm going to note that Carrie has a podcast called Chatterbox Radio. And mm-hmm. April and I are um, occasionally on her podcast also. Um, so I will put that in the show notes. But I just love you both so much. I love being love able to just chat it doesn't matter if we're on a podcast or we're just chatting we can nothing changes it's the Mm -hmm. same conversation either way so i just love you guys thank you we will do this again we will we will continue on down the road bye april bye carla love y'all love y'all